The Sisyphist, a Sisyphusian fan fiction podcast, where each week we feature a different author, each telling a story about a single day in the life of Sisyphus, a man doomed by Hades to an eternity of pushing a giant stone up a hill every day and following it down the hill every night. episode written and read by Alicia Watkins. The rock part is hard. Obviously. That's not even supposed to be a pun. I mean it's tough. It's about as big as I am, and I'm a pretty big guy, just like I was when I was alive. I'm actually kind of impressed at the integrity of that when I think about it, which I do, often, because there's really nothing to do here but think. What I mean is, Hades could have made me just this little wimpy guy and given me a rock this size, or bigger, instead of giving me a rock just the right size for me to be able to push it up the hill. I guess he could have given me an enormous rock, too. I'm not sure how the physics of the underworld work, though. Maybe there's only a certain amount of magic that can really be done. Maybe Hades wishes every day that he could make me into an ant and crush me over and over and over instead of having me roll this rock back up the hill every morning. At any rate, we're more or less on good terms now. I think of us kind of like co-workers. Every morning, Hades passes by with his demon minions or whatever, and he nods and says hi as I'm just coming down the mountain to where my rock ended up, which is always the same place. Right near his office, probably, though I can't be sure because by the last time they got me down here, they just brought me straight to the hill and the rock and didn't give me a chance to try to get out of it again. So he nods, and I wave a hand, a little bit, right before I put it back onto the familiar side of the rock and start pushing it up the hill again. He'll usually raise his cup a little bit, like a half salute. I used to think he was being a real jerk doing that, like, hey, you'll never have coffee again, but now I actually think it's a sign of respect. It feels like the way a supervisor will pass by your worksite every now and then, just to make sure you're doing your work. That was a thing I didn't expect. I miss having a cup to raise up, like really, really miss it. I miss the food and the process of eating. I used to like wine. Oh man, I loved wine, actually. But by a few days in with this rock, I would have put anything in my face. I felt like I hadn't chewed anything in weeks. I seemed to have forgotten how to swallow. A few more weeks in, I got so desperate, I licked the rock as I pushed it. It tasted like nothing. Just grit. I don't know if that's my tongue, or if it's just that nothing down here has a flavor. Maybe that's just what rocks taste like. I never tried tasting one before. And I couldn't reach out and pick a leaf off a tree or anything when I was going through the forest part of the hill, because as I'm sure you know, my hands are basically glued to the rock during the daytime. Or not glued, really, but kept near it like a magnet. 
I'm not sure which part of it is a magical compulsion to keep my hands on the rock, and which part might be some kind of magic done to my brain that makes me need to get the rock up to the top. I've actually spent a lot less time thinking about that than I spend thinking about cake. Probably because I remember at least a little bit about what cake tastes like, and I doubt I'll ever know how the magic really works. I can tell you for sure that no matter how many times I roll it, the rock never gets smaller or smoother. There's no erosion, and it definitely rolls down the same path every night. But the path never really gets smoother either. The trees grow, though, which I think is weird. And then sometimes they just reset, or a few of them disappear and are replaced by other trees. So it's definitely magical. I assume the tree magic is to keep them from getting too big or getting too much in the way of the path. It's probably also to remind me of how alone I am. I miss some of the old trees. Next to eating and drinking, though, probably the thing I miss most is the sky. I'm kind of claustrophobic, and it's not like the mountain goes up to the ceiling of Hades or anything, but I just wish that when I got out above the tree line near the top, I'd have a view up there. I'd like to see just some blue sky every now and then. Like, I get it, though. The whole point of my punishment is that I spent my life having fun and shirking my responsibilities, especially my responsibility to die, and so now I have to work through my whole afterlife. And I get that I can't see the view anymore because when I was supposed to die and be down here forever, I tricked Hades and then tricked his wife into letting me go back to the living world, and I got more views there than I was supposed to. It's a little on the nose as a punishment, in my opinion. But the fact that that frustrates and annoys me, that it's not more clever, I get that that's part of my punishment too. I love being clever. This is not. So I think I've finally gotten used to the not eating or drinking, and to the fact that my body is trapped here pretty much forever, pushing this rock up the hill and then running back down after it all night. I can't quite memorize the path on the way up or down, because like I said, the trees sometimes reset. So I have to pay at least some attention to what's going on as I push the stone up and as I run down after it in the dark. So it's not like I have my mind all to myself or anything, to think about whatever I want, because I need to focus. But I do have some thinking time, and that part is all right. Early on, especially when I was missing so much about my life in the living world, I thought a lot about my memories. I would rehash and rehearse them and go over and over them in my mind. But I found that even though the rock didn't get smoother or worn down, the memories did. They changed as I thought of them. And they actually hurt me, I think. I missed my life before more than I do now. I missed my friends, and I regretted tricking Hades just for a few extra years of living. Because what if I hadn't? Maybe I would be with my friends in the underworld, instead of here by myself, with this stone. I have no idea what they're doing now. They're probably all around here somewhere doing whatever other people do when they die. And I'll probably never see them again, or know what that is.
So now I mostly just think about the mechanics of the rock, and pushing it, and the path ahead of me. I experiment. What happens if I put my hand like this? Or if I try to use my knee? Is it better? Worse? How hard can I make this? How much can I improve it? It's already really hard, and just like the rock doesn't get smaller or smoother, I don't really get stronger, so I can't really improve much either. But it keeps me busy. I like making plans for how I might do something slightly different for the next day. I'm definitely going to be the best rock pusher in the underworld in a few more years. That's its own kind of cleverness. And like I said, I love being clever. Not as much as wine, though. I really, really love wine. The Sisyphist is a production of the Nihilist Podcast Network. The Nihilist Podcast Network.